Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. If you'd like to, if you'd like to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 1 through 7 this morning. Paul wrote, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, We commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Let's pray. Our Father, we are thankful that you speak, that you talk, converse, communicate with us, with everyone, that we might know what is on your mind and what is on your heart. This morning, clear both our hearts and our minds, that we will be able to hear and to receive And then to live what you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, excellent. Uh, This week's drawing is from Heath. It is is a jar of clay. It's uh, actually very ordinary. Uh, Not because Heath drew it, and I don't want to offend him like saying your drawing is ordinary, but it is supposed to be an ordinary clay pot. Let me ask you this question. Do you ever feel inadequate... Sharing Christ with other people, whether it's someone in the church or outside the church, where they may be raising up questions or issues, and you just feel like, you know, I just don't have the answer. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm at a loss. And so we walk away from an encounter like that, and we feel very ordinary, very common, in fact, very inadequate. It's very interesting because... Ultimately, it's not the container, us, that is important, but it's what's inside the container. For instance, here, uh, Tylenol. How many of you have used Tylenol before? Probably a lot of us, right? It is a uh, wonderful, comforting bottle when you have a headache. Uh, Tylenol works. It's not the bottle that does anything, but it's what is inside the bottle that makes a big difference. Unfortunately, for those of you uh, not born uh, after born after 1982, wouldn't know that in 1982 in the Chicagoland area, 
This Tylenol bottle was actually a very deadly bottle because someone had poisoned the Tylenol and many people had died. Again, it's not the bottle's fault. It's what was in the bottle. How about that bottle? Talk about common. Talk about ordinary. Did you know that in 2006, the water bottle industry was worth $60 billion? $60 billion. That's a lot of money. In fact, right now, if you're thirsty in the middle of this message, instead of going to the water fountain where kids slobber over all week long, even though the guys here probably clean it well, you could walk over there and get your own water bottle for $1.25. Common, ordinary water bottle. How many of you have ever heard of this drink? Cognac. Henry IV. Dudunyong Heritage. I don't think I said that right. If you speak French, I apologize to you right now. Do you know how much that liquid is worth? Just somebody guess. Throw it out there. Randy, you look pretty happy this morning. How much do you think that drink would cost? Yeah, just that one drink. One, like, little bottle of it. Um, yes. No, not even close. A little higher. Somebody else want to throw something out a little higher? Oh, not even close. A little higher. No. A little higher. Yes, a little higher. One bottle of this. If you go on Google and you, and you Google this, you'll see that a bottle of this is worth $2 million. That's what I said. What? <laughs> what idiot is going to buy something like that for $2 million? But if you're a rich idiot who has billions, I guess it doesn't make a difference. But it's supposedly supposed to have been aged for 100 years, placed in bottles that have been air-dried for five years. And I don't know what difference that makes, but if you take this ordinary common bottle of water and you put that cognac in there, that's no longer an ordinary bottle, right? Makes a big difference. Well, that's what we want to look at today because we're going to see something in Paul that I think that we miss out on who Paul really is. And we elevate him to a status that I think might even offend him today. Let's look at this. What's the context of 2 Corinthians? Well, 2 Corinthians is Paul's letter to the Corinthian church. And it's an interesting letter because it's a letter in which he spends a lot of time defending his personal integrity as well as his apostolic ministry. What had happened is he had promised that he would come visit them twice. And then he said, I'm only going to end up visiting you once. And there were people in the church, most likely false teachers, were saying, well, look at this Paul guy. He says one thing and now he's going to do another. Can we really trust him? Probably not. And then as time went on, they probably said something like, you know, that Paul guy, he's not really clever. Uh, he's not really even a good speaker. I mean, whenever we listen to him, like, you remember that guy who fell asleep and fell out the window? You know, this is not really an, an, an interesting guy that grabs your attention and makes you want to listen to him. He's not really a good speaker. But you know what else? He seems to get into a trouble a lot. Do you ever realize that? All these things that he gets into trouble with? You know, I really think guys who get into a lot of trouble and have all these problems are really sinful guys. And God is probably punishing him or disciplining him or setting him straight because Paul just seems to be a little bit off. But they didn't stop there. They said, you know what? And when you think about it, when you look at him, man, he is ugly. He is one ugly dude. In fact, he's got that eye deformity. And whenever you look at him, you kind of look at him funny. That's what they tell us that tradition says Paul was like. I remember a few weeks ago when I had a little cyst in my eye and my daughter came home from UIC and she goes, ah, it was a little cyst. 
barely recognizable. But she was panicking and freaking out and saying, wow, you look really horrible. So if you can imagine what Paul looked like, some hunchback kind of guy with a, he's like in his eye, and you're thinking to yourself, man, he really is ugly. There's not much good about this guy. Not much at all. Well, how does Paul respond to this? Which is really what he's going to do in 2 Corinthians. And he comes here in 2 Corinthians 4, and his answer is going to be, you know what? You're right. You are absolutely right. I am not a good speaker. I'll confess it. I didn't come here to speak great words of wisdom and to be so eloquent. I just preached Christ and Christ crucified and that's it. Nothing else. So you're right. I'm not a good speaker. Look what it says here in verse 2. It says, rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. What he's really saying is, you know what? I'm not going to get up here and use tricks. I'm not going to try to inspire you. I'm not going to do all these deceptive things. I'm not going to get in the middle of the message and start crying about the beauty of the gospel. <laughs> and everybody's going, oh, he's so good. And they're going to be drawn to him. No, he says, I'm not going to do that stuff. I'm just going to get up there and I'm going to speak what the truth is. I'm not going to try to trick you. I'm not going to try to manipulate you. I'm not going to try to deceive you in any way, shape, or form. How many of you heard of Jonathan Edwards' Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God? Probably most of us. You read it in high school, didn't you? One of those things that you had to do. You read that sermon and you go, man, it's long. It's kind of dry. It's, it's, it's terrible. But yet when Jonathan Edwards read it in a monotone voice, Without the hand gestures and lifting up his eyes, a great awakening occurred. He didn't come to try and trick people. He's just speaking the truth, the gospel. So Paul says, you know what? You're right. My speaking style is not very good. Totally right. I agree with you. And you know what? It doesn't seem to be really fruitful because look at what happens here then in verse 3. It says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In other words, the other guys that were against Paul were saying, that Paul guy isn't really fruitful. I mean, look at the church. It's pretty good, but he could have done better. We could have had a mega church here. And all we got is a minor church. We want a mega church. He's not very fruitful. Paul says, you know what? If people don't believe, it's not because of me or my speaking ability or my pastoral ability. It's because the gospel has been veiled. For verse 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ was in the image of God. Yes, you are right. I am not fruitful. And I would imagine he'd probably say, yes, I am ugly. But does that really make a difference? So yes, my critics are absolutely correct. I am not the best apostle. I am not the best pastor. I'm not the best at this at all. But you know what? That is okay. Slip down to verse 7. Look what he says. You are right, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. That's a huge word. Paul's saying, it's okay for me not to be the best. I am totally okay with that. See, the funny thing is, I think most of us, when we look at the New Testament and we look at the life of Paul, we think to ourselves, Wow, he's so close to God. There's so many good things about him. He's so wonderful. He's so awesome. And yet somehow his critics seem to 
think that he really wasn't so awesome. And Paul agreed with them because Paul wanted them to see, critics and Corinthians, that it's not about Paul, but it's about God. He could be ordinary. I mean, he calls himself a jar of clay, says we. Now, he's not a clay pot. Get it? Clay pots? Okay, that's not really his name, and you didn't laugh, so that one stunk. Uh, he's not jars of clay. Contemporary Christian, jars of clay. Okay, this isn't going really well. Come on, guys. Um, he's not a holy pot. Get it, holy? Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. That's good. <laughs> but I, I don't know what you use this for, to be honest with you. you think, where are you going to put the mud? The mud's going to come out. And it's, whatever. He's just a clay pot. How many of those have you seen? They're all over the place, right? Just an ordinary, common clay pot, a jar of clay. Put a flower in there, and this ordinary thing expands into great beauty, right? That's what Paul's saying. He says right here, I am what? I am a jar of clay. Now, does anyone know what a jar of clay is? I mean, you could say, well, that's a jar of clay. Why are you asking the question? You're showing us what it is. But what is a jar of clay? What really makes up a jar of clay? Anyone know? I'm sorry? Clay. Clay. Well, yes, okay. But clay is actually dirt. Baked dirt. It's baked dirt. Okay, why didn't you say that in the first place? (laughs) Yes. What Paul's saying is, hey, listen, guys, you know what? I'm not a good speaker. I'm as ugly as sin. I'm not the greatest pastor. I'm not the greatest apostle. I'm just a jar of clay. I am baked dirt. I am baked clay. I am common. I am ordinary. I am replaceable. You know, if you drop that thing, do you sit there and go, oh my goodness, my kid dropped a jar of clay. What are we going to do? Do you freak out? No. Let's go to Home Depot and buy a hundred of these. And if they're out of 100, you can go to Menards or Lowe's or probably even Walgreens. They're everywhere. They're just court, common, ordinary, replaceable bits of baked dirt. That's it. So Paul's saying, you know what? You're right. I am ordinary. I am, in our language, the ordinary penny. That useless thing that you have to carry around when you go to McDonald's and you order that large Dr. Pepper with no ice and they go, $1.11, please. Why can't they make it $1.10? What do we need the penny for? It's so ordinary. In fact, you are as ordinary as that large cup of McDonald's drink or the bottle of water that we drink so much of. We are just ordinary people. Now, there are some beautiful clay pots, aren't there? But still, even as exquisite and beautiful as this is, it is not the pot itself that is important. It is what is inside the pot. Let's go back and look at this again. What does Paul say? Let's start with verse 5. For we do not preach ourselves. What he's saying is, the ministry, my ministry, is not about my testimony. The ministry... My ministry is not about the wonderful things I've done since I've become a follower of Christ. That might be a really interesting story. I mean, wouldn't it be an interesting story like when we've had people who've come here and uh, they've come out of prison and they say, you know, I was a gangbanger. I did all these bad things. I killed this person. God sent me, you know, and that's really, and we go, wow, that's really cool. 
Paul could have said the same thing, man. Isn't that a wonderful testimony? But what he's saying is, if my testimony and who I am gets in the way, that's not a good thing because we do not preach ourselves. This is not a glorification of the almighty apostle Paul, which I find offensive that everyone would find me so almighty because I really didn't come to preach me. What I really came to do was to preach Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. It is not about Paul. It is not about me. And it is not about you. It is about Christ as Lord. And it's not just that, but it's Christ as Lord in you. Because what we are, are the ordinary clay pots. But what is within us, that treasure within us, is what is important. Verse 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's about the power of God. So Paul is saying, listen, the critics are right. There are a lot of things that are wrong with me, and I can't argue with that. That's truth. But I want you to know it's not about me. It's not about my speaking style. It's not about my looks. It's not about any of that. It's all about this all-surpassing power of Christ in us that has been placed there because it's what God has done. See, go back to verse 1. What does Paul say? He says, Therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry. God gave me this ministry. So, can I say that I'm the best one for this? No, I'm not. I could probably think of someone better, like Apollos, who in Corinth was a very eloquent speaker. He might even say, you know what, on Sundays or Saturdays when they met, you know, the better speaker to be up there was Apollos, not me. But you know what, even though I didn't want to go up there, God said, you go up there. Because it's not about me and my speaking ability, it's about what God can do through a common, ordinary breakable, replaceable vessel like me. Because ultimately, when God does something, people don't go, wow, that Paul guy is awesome. Because as soon as you say that, you've missed the point of what Paul is trying to teach, which is, I am not awesome. Common. I'm ordinary. So to elevate me to this status and put me on a pedestal misses the point of seeing how great God is. Because if I am just common and ordinary and God can do something through me, the transition ultimately is to us who are common and are ordinary and replaceable. That's what Paul's trying to communicate to these guys. He's trying to tell them, listen, this whole gospel thing is not about the greatness of the ministers of the gospel. It's about the greatness of this God who said, let there be light to create the world. And then said, let there be light in our souls when he gave his only son. Because the gospel is the glorious thing. And what the gospel reveals is the glorious Christ. It's all about him. It's all about Christ. 
And anything that distracts you from seeing Christ in the midst of that is something that should be put aside. It just doesn't belong there. You know, when I went on the Google thing, you don't put the, that cognac in the ordinary water bottle because that would be foolish. The ornate bottle that it was in, and you can Google it later and see how really ornate it was, was also very expensive. I didn't look at the price because I was still stunned that there was a drink that was worth $2 million. But it's the drink, not the thing that is contained in, that adds the value. Which is what Paul is trying to communicate here. Now, <clears throat> what does that mean to us? Well, it means we don't have to look like I did when I was in college in order to be a great minister of the gospel. Man, I looked good, didn't I? <clears throat> yeah, you can take that off because I don't want uh, Hans to stumble. <clears throat> there you go. Okay, thanks. Great. <clears throat> Here's what I want us to see. Here's what I want us to see. We are clay pots. Don't fool yourself beyond that. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be a clay pot. But when you realize that you're ministering to people and you begin to feel inadequate that you don't have that zinger, that one thing that you can say that makes them go, bah, wow, that was a great statement. It changed my life. I'm so different. You don't have to have that. It's good if it happens. And the funny thing is when we hear a pastor, and I, and I, know, that I, know, that I know that I do this, is sometimes when I hear a pastor use one of those zingers, the next time I get in that situation, I want to use that zinger too. And then it falls flat. And it's like God says, uh, it's not about the zinger. It's not about that thing that you can say that's so cool and interesting and tricky. And they go, wow. In fact, some zingers work in one and not in another. So that even in your own personal life, you can say it and it strikes one person and totally misses the point with the other person. Because the point is, it's not about the cute, cool, clever, eloquent thing that you say. So you don't have to be like that. You don't have to worry if you're not when you're ministering to someone else. You also don't have to worry about being gifted. Oh, I'm not as gifted as so-and-so, and so-and-so is so much more gifted, and I really can't minister to people, so we're going to let the gifted guys do it. And if they do it, then that's really wonderful, because then I can just sit back and everything's going to be cool. Paul's not saying that either. Paul's also just simply saying what you need to be and understand is when people say you are a clay pot, accept it. Accept the fact that you are a clay pot because it's not about you. It is about Christ in you. That's the treasure. Verse 7, but we have this treasure, this treasure of the gospel, this treasure called Christ that is in us as jars of clay to show us this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You do not have to change people's lives. You don't have to be frustrated and think, wow, I spoke to this person, I shared Christ with them, and their life didn't change. I am such a failure. Yes, you are. If you want to change people's lives in your own power, you are a total failure. Every one of us here is a total failure because it is not about our abilities or our giftings or our answers or our power. It is about Christ in us and his power to change lives. And the only thing he asks us to do is to speak that truth, which is exactly what Paul did because he said, I didn't come here to trick you in verse two. I didn't come here to deceive you. And if you don't understand, it's not my fault. It's the God of this world working in you. And I want you to know that God said, let there be light. And he changed 
changes people's lives. But I am just an ordinary clay pot, just like the rest of you. Because in the end, when people say, wow, God moved, they mean, wow, God moved. That's why I don't like to hear people say, oh, your message was so good today. Well, yeah, okay, fine, you liked it, but if it doesn't change your life, it doesn't mean anything. And I can get up here and inspire you for 24 hours, but really what we want to know is how different will you be? But it's not about me or my testimony or my failures or my successes. God just wants us to accept that we are in his hands. He is the potter. We are the clay. He is shaping us and molding us to be who we are. We don't have to be someone else. I don't have to be Bill Hybels. Jared doesn't have to be James McDonald. Uh, Dave doesn't have to be John Moody. None of those things. We just need to be whom God has called us to be. A common, ordinary vessel that's clean. Now, Paul's not saying that here, but this is important that I finish with this. We need to be clean. If we take that $2 million cognac, And the bottle, and I put motor oil in the bottle first, and then I put some cognac in. What's going to happen to that cognac? It's going to taste good, right? Yeah, and it's probably going to cost about $3.95 because that's what a bottle of oil is these days, maybe even more. It will lose its value. If I pour the oil in and then dump it out and then put the cognac in, what's going to happen? It's still dirty. You see, we are ordinary clay pots, but what is also called to us, as Paul would say in 2 Timothy chapter 2, is that we also need to be clean vessels. Not perfect vessels, because that's impossible, but clean vessels. Humble vessels who say, you know what? I am a common, ordinary, replaceable cog in this big wheel of a universe. But it's not about me, because he who is above that big old cog And the rest of the wheel of the universe is God himself. And he has placed his life in me through the gospel, through Christ. And that in me is the treasure. And I just want to be ready. I want to be available. I want to be clean. So our inadequacies do not make sense to us because we will always be inadequate. What we depend upon is the adequacy of God in us. To bring about the change that God wants to bring about in people's lives. Having been a graduate of Moody Bible Institute. Remember one of the stories of D.L. Moody when he went to England. He was trying to find that special power. And one of the statements that really stuck with one of the guys that spoke to him was. God has yet to see or the world has yet to see what God would do with a fully consecrated man. Which basically says the world around us. Your family, your friends, your co-workers, wherever you go has yet to see what God will do with a common, ordinary, clean vessel. A vessel that follows Christ with his or her whole heart. That'll make a difference. But it's not you, the clean vessel, that makes a difference. It's the God in you. So open yourselves up. Say, God, this is where I'm at. In my failures and in my faults. I'm ordinary. I'm replaceable. There's a lot of things that are messed up about me. Things that maybe people don't know. But I'm just going to be here and I'm going to let your light shine in and through me so that people can see 
in my weakness your strength. Which are the words of Paul. Because Paul understood this whole ministry thing. His ministry, our ministry here as a church, and your ministry is not about our abilities. It's not about our capabilities. It's not about our specialness. It's only about God. That's it. Nothing else. And all he says is, trust. Trust me. Be that humble and clean vessel. And if nothing happens from your ministry, that's okay. Because there are forces at work that you aren't even able to take care of yourself. But don't worry about it. Because that is my ministry. You just be humble and clean. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.